we're celebrating today the resurrection of Jesus. And there's something so significant about that. The, the death of Jesus cannot be qualified without the resurrection. And then the resurrection comes into the fullness when Jesus ascends into heaven. And, and there's something about those three components that really sets us up to be effective in what we're doing. I, I went surfing in Cape Town yesterday and I'm not used to cold water. So it was a bit of a shock for me, but I was so grateful that Emmanuel had a wetsuit for me and booties and, and, and it was incredible because I watched people swim and they went in in costumes and if they lasted probably five minutes, it was a lot and then they were out the water. So it was a quick get in, I've swam in the sea and then from there they, they get out and it's because of the, how cold the water is. But we were in there for over an hour and we came out and we were fine and the reason we were fine is because we had equipment that protected us from the elements. There was equipment that protected us from how cold the water is. And there's something about the significance of the righteousness of Christ upon us that protects us and releases us and establishes us in what we're doing. And, and it gives us the opportunity to be here and be effective, even though the world around us often feels like chaos. Um, I've been just meditating for a long time. And actually over a number of years, a scripture that's really been close to my heart is where... Uh, Jesus says, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to bring life and life in abundance. And how do we operate effectively in a place where the enemies are to kill, steal, and destroy us? And how do we live with abundant life in the midst of it all? And, and I think that's something of what I'm wanting to share this morning. And, and how our earthly perspective cannot align with the heavenly vision. So what do we have to do is we've got to realign our perspective for a heavenly perspective so that we can be filled and fruitful in the midst of a heavenly vision. Isaiah 55 from verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so, so my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts are higher than yours. So we need to have a heavenly perspective to align ourselves with what God is doing. And, and I want to go through some scripture with regards to the resurrection. And that's what we're here to celebrate this morning. But I want to show you where the disciples couldn't align their vision because what Jesus was saying was foreign to them. So it says in Luke 24 from verse 1 to 49, I'm going to read this quite a long passage of scripture. And I'm just going to summarize one or two things. But it says here, but on the first day of the week... At early dawn, they went to the tomb taking spices that they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Having witnessed him die on the cross, they had an expectation to come in and find a body. It says, while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. <clears throat> and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? They weren't seeking the living, they were seeking the dead. But they were looking for Jesus, they were looking for his body. They were looking for what had been left behind of him. And their love for him superseded their misunderstanding of what was going on. The promises that they felt he had made to them were not coming to fruition. Yet they went there in search of him because they still loved him. In spite of the fact that what he said would happen didn't happen. What he said was going to go on didn't go on. And they were 
broken and they were hurting. But, but the angel said, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you? He had warned them about this. He had explained this to them. This was not the first time that they were hearing about this kind of audacious story, this, this story that makes no sense. It says, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and then on the third day, rise. It was the third day. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all the things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. The difference between belief and faith is belief is founded in what we see. Faith is founded in what we do not see. There's a, there's a distinction between the two. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So for them, they were trying to believe something but they lacked the faith because they had not seen it. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, but they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. That very day, two of them were going to the village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Went on a road trip with Emmanuel this week through to Cape Town. And it was amazing to sit and just chat about the things that God had done and the things around us and, and things that were going right and things that were going wrong. And I'm sure that this must have been one of those times. These guys were just talking about what is happening? What, what's going on now? How do we make sense of everything? Says... While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you talk? I think the reason that their eyes were kept from recognizing him is because they had yet to recognize the picture of what was happening. He says, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? He obviously saw the, the intensity of the discussion. And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? And he said, them, he said to them, What things? What are you talking about? What are you, what are you guys on about? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet... A man who was, past tense, a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and, and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to his death and crucified him. But we had hoped, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. His plans don't make sense. His plans aren't working out. What he had promised us just hasn't come to fruition. That's why we said we had hoped that he was the one to establish himself. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. 
Even in that, they did not realize the significance of the fact that he had promised them that on the third day he would rise again. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. Again, they were waiting for the physical representation of who he was to believe what they had seen. But they were struggling to believe it without the evidence because an absent body was not sufficient to declare a risen body. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Amazing, even as Jesus is speaking, he's speaking in the present tense. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? There's something of what he is busy doing. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. This is not the first time that Jesus has done it, but it's the first time that he's done it post his death and he's still sharing the same message. So they drew near the village to which they were going and he acted as if he was going further, but they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is towards evening and the day is now far spent. So he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. At the point of recognizing him, they believed. But there was something of the breaking open of bread that he broke open the scriptures for them to realign their eyes to the vision that he had shared previously that made no sense. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened up to us the scriptures? I love the fact that Jesus is still alive and when we get to read the word, I heard a statement a while ago, is the Bible is the only book we always read in the presence of the author. Even to this day, our hearts still burn within us as he opens up the scriptures to us. What a, what a beautiful thing, eh? And they rose the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. The book of John, it refers to peace to you three times. Peace be with you, peace be with you, peace be with you. <coughs> But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and see my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet and while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish 
and he took it and ate it before them. I think the, the, the significance of him eating the fish was to actually prove that he himself was a man. That he wasn't the spirit. He says, how does a spirit have flesh and bone? And it was kind of this final act of, I want to prove to you just how much of a man I am standing before you. And I am not only a man, but I am the one that promised that I would come back. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. So referring back to what he had gone with them in scripture previously. He says that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Once again, reminding them of the fact that he is the Messiah, he is the Christ. So the things that were written were written about him. They weren't written about someone else. They weren't written about another Messiah that was to come. This was me. Guys, I'm reminding you of what I had shared with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Everything that points towards a savior in the scriptures refers to me and who I am. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He aligned their minds with the heavenly perspective. The one thing that struck me about surfing yesterday was the first three or four times I went under the waves and I didn't have anything on my head. It was the one thing that was fully exposed to the elements. I had brain freeze. And I was like, sure, this is hectic. And I had this incredible brain freeze because my head had, had yet to be covered. My head was not protected from the place that I was in. And here he says he opens their minds to understand the scriptures and says to them, thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. That was not a symbolic metaphor. That was an actual occurrence that he expected to happen and has now taken place. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. Remember Acts 1.8? And you will be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. Same, it's the same context. And behold, I'm sending you the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. So what he's saying is stay here and be ready because I'm going to go, but Holy Spirit's going to come. And when you receive him, you will receive power. You'll be clothed with power from on high. There's the clothing of righteousness, but then there's the clothing of power. And both of them are required for us to be effective in what we're doing. There's something significant about this difference between belief and faith. And how does it impact us? Because I know that there's many things that I feel God has promised. And sometimes the circumstances seem to go awry. Sometimes we are look for the promise and I see a tomb that's empty. And I think, oh. Now, if you look through some of the other parts of Scripture, when the authorities heard about this, they started to send out witnesses to say that the disciples had come and stolen Jesus' body to try and cover up what had happened. And I think this morning, what I just really felt in my heart for us as a church is God's asking us, are we prepared to allow him to open our minds up to the things that he has in store and take away our earthly perspective and bring in a heavenly perspective and that we can truly trust his promises, even though 
sometimes his promises do not feel like they make sense. I'm going to find a scripture and I'm going to end off with this here. Love how in Joshua 21 where the allotment of inheritance to the Levitical priesthood starts to get um, presented to them and, and, and they start to get given possession of villages and cities and pasture lands for their sheep. And in verse 43 it says, Thus the Lord gave Israel all the land that he swore to give their fathers. And they took possession of it and they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers, not one of all their enemies had withstood them. For the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All had come to pass. But if you go look at the story of how they unfolded, the Israelites often doubted the significance of what was happening. They often doubted the legitimacy of what was happening. They often doubted the truth of what was happening because what they saw hindered their ability to receive it. Because what they saw made them believe something contrary to what they had heard. And Jesus is reminding us today that faith is more important than belief. Because if we're going to rely purely on belief... We are going to start veering off from the promises, thinking, surely not. It is impossible. How is it that Jesus can come, and when he says he's going to be king, he doesn't go, he doesn't break open the, the um, political front of what was happening in Israel at the time, take his rightful place as king, as David had been king, and sit on the throne and rule in the physical. That's our understanding of what you're saying. If you're the savior who's coming to restore, you are going to sit his throne on the king in the physical. And then he goes and dies on a cross. How does that help us? How does that impact us? That's not what you said. You promised us that you will rule and reign. Their understanding was so small and so short-sighted that what they wanted was to see the revelation of him as king on the throne on earth for a generation. While he was still alive in his earthly fleshly man. While they were still around. And then after that, well, may you send another king. They had such a limited temporal understanding of what was to come. Meanwhile, that he was fighting the kingdom of darkness and bringing a victory for eternity. That was going to sustain with him on the throne through every single generation from there. That we today get to reap the benefits of his vision. Whereas what would have happened if the truth of the disciples' understanding had come to fruition? Sometimes think I could guide God and what I want him to do for me. And I say, Lord, you can do it this way or do it this way. Or this is how I expect you to come through. Or this is, if you do it this way, I'll be happy. And then things start going awry. And I think, oh, did I even hear his promises? Can I really believe his promises? Because in my mind, I'm not seeing it come out in the way that, that he expects to. But not one word of all the good promises, not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed or had come to pass. And Jesus was one of them. It's amazing as, as the disciples waited in Jerusalem, what happens? We see Pentecost outpouring. Wait, because the time is going to come when you're going to be clothed on high. 
You look at how the, the gospel unfolds into, from Jerusalem into Judea, into Samaria, and from there it just scatters into the ends of the earth as you read through Acts 8. Every single thing that he had promised had come to pass. It just never came to pass in the way in their understanding that they thought it would. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the fact that you have risen, that you are here. As Ruth says, we can feel your presence in this place. Lord, I thank you that your plan was not to take an earthly throne and rule in an earthly manner for an earthly season, but that you came and you took a heavenly throne to rule for eternity. And we thank you that your kingdom cannot be unhinged, and no matter what opposition comes against it, we thank you that the victory is ours. We know the score, we've seen the fact that, that our team wins. And Father, I pray for that revelation to guide us through our own circumstances right now. Where maybe some of us are walking away from a, a promise that we've heard you speak over us, saddened because it doesn't seem like it's coming to fruition. I pray prophetically over each one of us this morning, Lord, the revelation of the fact that every single one of your promises, not one word has failed, but every promise comes to fruition that you have spoken over us, Lord. And I pray, Father, promises that have grown dim, that you will start to stir and reignite within us. Lord, I pray that as we see the sunrise, that we will be reminded of the things that you've spoken over us. And I pray, Father, that we will be reminded of the difference between belief and faith. May we be a people of faith, Lord. A people who stand firm in our foundation. In Jesus' name. End off with a quote from my dad-in-law. And he said to me the other day, he said, Nick, I need to remind you, you don't have faith in your faith, but you have faith in your father. It's a significant statement. And I thought, sure, that's profound. And, and this morning, I trust that we won't have faith in our faith, but we'll have faith in our father and allow him to bring to fruition the things that he's got planned and purposed so that we can walk in the fullness of it. We get to experience His glory and the, the plans and the purposes that He has for us. Amen.